0: Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. Boy, uh, what a great Final Four matchup we got. I, I, see, I don't think it could be any better. And I might be in the minority here. I might not. Everyone loves the Cinderella team. Oh, the Peacocks. Oh, you know, St. Peter's. Oh, I love St. Peter's. I was so happy they got eliminated. Oh, my God. Number one, screwed my bracket over. I mean, they they really they really stuck it to me. I lost, a, <laughs> not a lot of money, but like I was in the driver's seat for a lot of my pools. Uh, all of my elite eight teams were still uh, were still playing. I, I had a chance to get every single elite eight team in um, and uh, did not work out. I only got like two in the sweet 16 out of my elite eight teams ended up making it. One of them was Kansas, um, the other one was Villanova who i losing anyway to get to the final four. So that, that really derailed my bracket. So, you know, St. Peter's, f- fun team. Uh, yeah, the, the Peacocks, great mascot, but <sighs> Peacocks. Boy, see, that's the other thing, too. Even the people that don't know basketball and don't know a bracket, when you fill it out just from the mascots, you still, yeah, a Peacock, I feel like you have to get eliminated first round. That's kind of a wild card, though. They do got the feathers, so maybe somewhat intimidating. Maybe, if you're colorblind in an animal, and you see that big feather array. Kind of looks like an eyeball. Let's turn to the... National Geographic here. But anyway, I was glad they got eliminated because they missed my bracket. So it was a vendetta. But also, I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Basketball-wise, aren't you happy it's going to be Duke, North Carolina? I mean, that's what we all wanted, isn't it? You couldn't write the script much better than that. Coach K going out one last time. And I'll say this, too. North Carolina, I think think, uh, their fans didn't really want to play them again. Because after you go in to Duke's building, and they stomped them in Coach K's last home game at Duke. They get curb stomped by North Carolina, their biggest rival. North Carolina also stuck it to them at home. They didn't even play a tribute video for them. So I know the, the people at Duke weren't happy about that, and then they watched into their building. Not only did they lose, they, they got humiliated. So I think that was kind of, one of the last memory they wanted to play. Now, you know, they got some... There's, there's some motivation there, uh, so we'll we'll see what happens. But um, I think Duke. If you're a North Carolina fan, I don't think you want to face Duke again. So it looks like a much improved Duke team. They're playing with a purpose, and yeah, and that fairy book ending. It seems like it's lining up pretty well. But the great tournament so far. I mean, does it ever disappoint? March Madness is the stupidest way to decide a winner. If you think about it, like what other sport you get sixty-four teams? Like a lot of these teams, are like we. Like, St. Peter's, they played Kentucky ten times. Let's be honest. They probably lose eight of them. Like, like, who do they play there in the regular season? And they had a chance to be named the best team in college basketball in the sport. The national champion. Like, that's insanity. No other sport, no other sport would let a team like that into their postseason. But that's what makes it great. That is what makes it so random. It's great. It's and the tournament just it never does. It never You never walk away from a March Madness being like, boy, that sucked. But um, the fact that we were getting Duke, North Carolina for the final four, they've never faced each other in a tournament, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. I'm taking Duke, though. I'm taking – it's tough. That's a tough one. I don't think yeah, – See, I'm not betting on that one. I think it's right last I looked was – North Carolina was getting four points, and that's a perfect line. That's one of those games that's going to come right down to the final possession, I feel like. So we'll we'll see, but I'm, I'm leaning Duke, not really rooting from North Carolina, but, you know, we'll see. And the other side of the bracket, man, Kansas looks like that looks like the best team in the country right now. Is anyone stopping them? But then you got a battle-tested, you know, Villanova's been there before. they got a very experienced coach, though. Should be fun. Like, no one's talking about that Villanova-Kansas matchup. Like, that's going to be just as good of a game. Two, two excellent teams there, too. And I think the winner of that game wins the national championship. Of course, Duke, North Carolina is going to get all the fanfare. Um, also pretty interesting. So we had some news today that broke. Two things. So the one, Bruce Arians, he, he retired. Um, he's going up to the front office. Todd Bowles is going to be the new head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First off, Todd Bowles, I think, is a good head coach. I think if you look at his teams in New York... He didn't have a whole lot of talent there. Those teams always really played tough for him. He, he deserved another head coaching opportunity, so good for him. But immediately, the first, first thing when I heard this news was like, hmm, I wonder if Tom Brady had something to do with it. Now, if you listen to Bruce Arians, his thing was, look, I was thinking about retiring anyway. Um, Todd Bowles, he, he's a good head coach. I want him to get a good job because I know this is going to be a very good team. I was thinking about retiring. Brady's back, you know, why not just give him this job here so he doesn't have to go to, like, another crappy team where he's, you know, I want him to be successful. I want to set up my assistant coaches for success. So that's what he did and he retired. Um, And, you know, immediately everyone's like, well, Tom Brady was back, he forced him out. And, you know, I think that's that's a good fear because you look at Tom Brady, it it was kind of weird, wasn't it? Like, he retires, then reports come out that he he was unhappy with Bruce Arians. There's some friction there, his dad saying stuff. Then, all of a sudden, he just comes back, and soon soon after he comes back, Bruce is gone. So, uh, I can see where the people would be skeptical. However, I would counter with this. Number one, people forget Bruce Arians retired the first time. He thought he was done for the coaching. Uh, you know, he was sitting back in his recliner drinking cocktails all day um, after retiring from Arizona. He, you know, they kind of... He, persuaded and come back so he already retired once i think the retirement things always been on his mind he's been getting up there i don't even think he intended initially to come back to tampa bay but got the opportunity he wanted to scratch that coaching itch one more time so i could see him wanting to retire again like that makes sense he already got his super bowl ring over there so he got what he wanted like what more does he he's as accomplished as a head coach as they come number two as far as the promoting todd bulls i i truly believe that bruce arians is a good guy class act as far as the Rooney rule goes, he's always ahead of the curve, and he's always been ahead of the curve of hiring minority head coaches. He gets women in the building, like you get a lot of diverse hires. Like look at his staff right now: Byron Lethwich, Todd Bowles, There's two guys right behind him. So I completely believe that he wanted to do it for the assistant coaches too. Now the Tom Brady thing is suspicious. I, yeah, I will admit that Tom wanted to run him out of the building, but um, you know, and, and there was reports too that. Tom Brady, Byron Leftwich, they'd be going over a game plan, they'd have it all mapped out, and then uh, Bruce Arians would come in the room, and then he'd X out stuff from the game plan, just like, you know, and that, that rubbed Tom Brady the wrong way, and Byron Leftwich the wrong way, so I can see where there'd be some friction there, but, I mean, I, I do think he, he wanted to retire. Now, maybe, was Tom part of it? Yeah, probably, he, he, he might have been, but, like, if Bruce really wanted to stay in coach, like, Tom Brady's not going to be able to force him out. Like, does he really want to look like the bad guy for his PR image? Like, could he have forced him out? Yeah, he absolutely has power, but I don't think he would want to for his PR image. And I think that's why, despite them fighting, he had that Instagram post where he's like, oh, you know, cheers, Bruce, you great guy. I mean, yeah, that was all PR. Like, does he actually feel that way? Probably not. But I think it was all PR purposes. But, you know, Tom, everyone kind of knew he wanted to come back. No one was surprised by the fact he came back. So, maybe there's some stuff going on, but, like, if you think Tom Brady, like, bullied his way, I think everyone, it was a perfect storm for it to happen. Brady doesn't want to look like the bad guy, but his feelings have been known. And he kind of wanted to come back. Bruce Arians, meanwhile, doesn't want to look like he's getting steamrolled by Tom Brady. So, neither one of them, like, Tom Brady doesn't want to look like a bully. Bruce Arians doesn't want to look like he's getting steamrolled. Bruce has already been getting up there in age anyway. I truly believe he had good intentions. He does want to help the head coach. I think the retirement had been on his mind anyway, especially after Tom Brady left. He's like, all right, well, like, we don't even know who our quarterback's going to be. Then Tom Brady announces he wants to come back. He's like, okay, this gives me a perfect excuse to retire. Everyone's happy from it. So I think it was a perfect scenario. I think it's going to work out well for the Bucs. I, I think, you know, one, Todd Bulls, and everyone's like, oh, well, it's Todd Bowles, he's the head coach. He's a defensive-minded head coach. Everyone else in that division offensive-minded head coach. It's like, so what? Byron do is still there. How many years do you think Brady's going to be playing anyway? Like one or two more Probably. And after that, Brian Ruff is going to get a new job. But you know, if Brian Ruff is the head coach, you think he's he's not working as closely with Tom. He's got all these different units to manage. All of a sudden, his meetings one on one with Tom Brady go out the window. So I don't think Tom would have wanted that. Which is why I think it worked out better from the Todd Bowles is the head coach. As Todd Bowles goes facilitating. He knows he's a defensive minded head coach. He's a smart guy. He's going to let Brady and left foot do his thing. Which is one of the things that irked him about Arians is because Arians would interfere. Arians coach. Todd Bowles probably won't do that. It'll work out well for Tom. Good look for Bruce Arians. Overall, everyone wins. Everybody's happy. I think it worked out. Uh, some other quarterback movement. Interesting. The Saints signed Andy Dalton, and everyone was all, all shocked about the six million. I my initial reaction, you know, after seeing the Red Rifle play in Chicago, I think one, you can't get a much better locker room guy. Guy's a class act. I think it's pretty clear James Winston's going to be the starter. James Winston's coming off an injury. Tends to be a little turnover prone. Like Andy Dalton's the best backup in the NFL if you had. Like a quarterback that's been a starter in this league for a long time. He's a pro's pro, great in the locker room. So, you know, and Jameis, you're paying a lot of money. He's definitely going to be the starter. But, you know, there's a lot of question marks there. And there's definitely some scenarios that would arise where you might need a backup. I think Andy Dalton's a perfect backup. And he's only getting – everyone looks at that $6 million, Only three of it, $3 million is guaranteed. And so you don't have to be – because, you know, you're one bad throw injury away from Taysom Hill being your starting quarterback again. Love Taysom Hill. I once made a joking argument he's the best player in the NFL with Marshall. We, we always argued about that. But, I mean – Taysom's better served as the Swiss Army Knife. You, you don't want him back up the quarterback throwing too many passes. So Andy Dalton, I think that's a good signing for the Saints. Yeah, it I got a little bit of, oh, you're paying all this money. No. Good move, especially if you want to contend. Uh, so I, I like that a lot. Also, another interesting thing that came out, Carson Wentz got some flack from Jim Merce, or he came out and basically admitted, like, hey, we knew it wasn't a good fit right away. Instead of just living with the mistake, we, we, we decided to be like, hey, you know what? We're gonna do, we, we know we, we think we made a mistake. We want to move on quick. Yeah, we're not going to sit here and pretend like we didn't. And he made it like, hey, no disrespect for the Jaguars, but had they won that game? Do you think they're moving on? Probably not. I still think it's—now, listen. Like I said, in the locker room stuff might be valid. Apparently, he didn't like hard coaching. You know, your quarterback. Football players is a man's game. You want to you look tough. You don't want to be the guy, oh, you can't take hard coaching. Like, not a great look. I heard the vaccine stuff rubbed a lot of people the wrong way too. So between that and he's kind of aloof in the clubhouse, which I could, or block room, excuse me, I could absolutely see that too. Um, so the fact that they got Matt Ryan, now did, uh, I don't know if Jim Irsay knew and the Colts knew that uh, Matt Ryan would be available. So I think they kind of, personally, I think they kind of lucked into that one. I, I don't think he was one of their targets going on. I think they had every intention of getting one of Carson Wentz, which I think was stupid at the time. But, you know, I think they lucked in to, to Matt Ryan, and it, it worked out for him. But I, I see that as a very, uh, you know, I, it was an impulsive. Impulsive decision by you Kilner know, and not afraid to speak his mind. And I'm interested to see, you know, it's getting harder and harder to defend to Carson Wentz. Because I, I do think he had great numbers last year, and I like him a lot more than both. But most. But, you know, when you hear all this stuff coming out, it's, it's starting to make a lot more sense, uh, especially the locker room stuff, too. But... I think just losing to the Jaguars at the end of the week, you can't pin that all on the first and wins. Like, should they beat Jacksonville? Yeah. But you know who else lost to Jacksonville? The Buffalo Bills. Like, lost Like, there's other stuff they could have They could have taken care of their business earlier in the year. Defense could have been better, better in certain spots. So, uh, we'll see how it works. I, I do think Matt Ryan's an upgrade, but I, I, that being said, two things can be true at once. Impulsive, impulsive decision by Jim Irsay, and I don't think he's that great of an owner. I think he's kind of annoying. Find him kind of annoying. You know what? What are you gonna do now? Here, you know what? Another good owner here. Um, Stan Kroenke. And for the longest time, I couldn't stand Stan Kroenke. I, I still, you know, I wouldn't call myself a Stan Cronky fan, you know, because he left St. Louis. But I will say this: you look at the moves they made. They just signed Bobby Wagner, and as a fan, I think that is the perfect. Like that is what you want, ideally, in an owner and organization structure. Not only does the—and because we have—as a White Sox fan, we have this problem all the time. Like, they never want to spend money on big players. Like, they have a good team right now, a team that's ready to compete for a World Series. Who do they go out and add? Josh Harrison. Lateral move from what they had. Don't even get me, like, they, they, the Michael Conforto's still out there. They haven't signed him. They had all the, Chris Bryant was out there, Jock Peterson. You know, they had all these stars out there. Didn't go out and get any of them, despite an obvious need there. The Rams, meanwhile, they, they're the complete opposite. They are the anti-White Sox, basically. They got a team ready to contend. They had a quarterback that took them to a Super Bowl. They're like, you know what? I think we can upgrade. Let's go get Matt Stafford. And you know what? We're going to pay him, too. Yeah, we got a good wide receiver room. We got Cooper Cup who just was Super Bowl MVP. You know what? That's not good enough. Let's bring in Odell. And now they're still interested in re-signing O'Dell in this offseason. They're going to, you know, O'Dell gets hurt, hey, we just won the Super Bowl. We're bringing in Alan Ross. Oh, no, yeah, for defense, we got a great defense. We want to pay Aaron Donald. That's probably going to happen, too. Let's upgrade in our linebacker, because middle linebacker's a little weak. Let's go out and get Bobby Wagner. That, that was, like, that. you got to love, as a fan, what the Rams are doing, and especially Wes Snead, and Stan Kroenke's willing to spend money. That just really goes to show that that man must have really hated St. Louis because they no, they're not short on money. I mean, you look at that stadium. Do yourself a favor. If you're ever in LA, go visit SoFi Stadium. Beautiful. It is the, the, probably the best stadium in North America. No doubt best football stadium in, in North America. It makes Jerry World look like a dollhouse. Um, spent all that money on it. Most of it, he financed himself. And then he has no problem paying like luxury for all these players paying all this money, you know, they're basically we're going to run a limits spending budget, and West need to, hey, you know what, draft picks be damn forget the future, we, we got a good team now, let's capitalize on this window. And I think every franchise wants to see that. As a fan, you you want to see that. Everyone wants to see being aggressive, everyone likes being and they go out and do it. So that really just shows, because <laughs> they had the money, I think, to upgrade that stadium in St. Louis. They must have really hated it there. <laughs> poor St. Louis, but it's another referendum, especially, and I'm not a Cubs fan, but like, uh, you know they have their beefs with St. Louis and the Blackhawks and Blues, obviously. So, uh, yeah, screw, 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 St. Louis. Chris Bryant came out I think and said like St. Louis is boring. I, I can't confirm. It's not a great. It is not a great city. You know I, I'm starting to see. And at first I was like, yeah, you know Stan Kroenke, he's kind of a dick for leaving, kind of a dick. Not kind of. He, he was he, he kind of screwed over those people, but like, can you really blame him? Not a great city. The food's not good. It's riddled with crime. You go down there on a weekend, like, what is there to do? You go on the arch, a catch a Cardinals game. Probably the only two things you can do in St. Louis. And they got that museum there, too. You can run around and those tunnels feel like a mole climbing on shit. You know, that's fun for a little bit. But uh, other than that, you go there down in downtown at night. Streets clear out. Nothing. Nothing in St. Louis. Yeah, it's, I really can't blame Stan anymore. I'm starting, you know, he's growing on me. I can see why people consider him a good owner. For the longest time... Midwestern, I was like, oh, why would he want to leave? But, like, now that I've been living out in LA for a couple months, yeah, I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. Uh, NBA, let's shift through that really quick. Uh, a couple different things to talk about really quickly here. And you know, I'm going to defend Russell Westbrook for a little bit, um, which doesn't happen often. So, uh, rare occasion. But, you know, he had a confrontation with, I don't know if anyone saw this, he had a confrontation with the reporter. Reporter asked him a question, didn't answer. The reporter kept at him. It's a lose lose for Russell Westbrook in this situation. Could he handle the media better? Absolutely. But this man, I think the question was like, what changes need to be made to help the team win? And he was like, nothing. Like we still got games left, it's gotta keep us. Like there was no win. So like say he actually lists changes that he thinks should actually be made. Then it's gonna sound like he's throwing people under the bus and making excuses for his poor play. So then that would have been a whole scenario there. And then the other option is the answer to how he did option. Everyone's like, oh, he's difficult, he's clashing with the media. So at this point for Russell Westbrook, it is just I, I felt bad for him for the first time. I was like, yeah, you know what? That's a lose-lose situation. And I think he actually overall he handled it pretty well. He dapped him up afterwards, you know, tried to call a DS lose situation, but like I, I felt for him there because no matter what he said, he, he would have been criticized for it. It's gotten to the point where it's so toxic and I like, it's gonna be best for both sides. Hey, to, get, to, to move on from that. But the Lakers are in trouble next year. Everyone thinks, you know, we're going to move off Westbrook. He's got a huge contract. So are you really getting that much in return? No. And then the other thing is Anthony Davis is supposed to be the second star. I was trying to think about that the other day because I was like, yeah, you know what? It makes a lot of sense to move AD. He's not reliable. This year he came in, and this was the most damning thing about him. This year he knew that he was going to be now moving into like the first. Like LeBron was supposed to take a step back. His minutes were supposed to drop from like 38, 35 to 30. AD was going to be the guy. It was kind of like a passing the torch. He was going to carry the heavy workload. And what happened? He showed into camp fat and out of shape. Relatively speaking, you know, not that, but like he was out of shape. Everyone saw it. So that told you all you need to know about AD, like carrying the fact. From that point on, I wouldn't like, this man, I, he can't be the face of the franchise. We already knew he was unreliable, but then that big red flag there. Um, so like, I was thinking about that too. Now, it makes sense to move off of him because of all these things. What are you realistically getting in return that keeps you a contender? There's not much. So like, ask yourself right now your team, you know, Anthony Davis is on the market. What would you trade for him, realistically, honestly? You know, the Bulls, like, I wouldn't, I, there's not a whole lot, I, I wouldn't trade a big package to get Anthony Davis. I'm going to mortgage my future for him at this point? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't pay to trade, if it's the Bulls, looking at the I wouldn't trade a Pat Williams or a Kobe White in a package for him. And you'd probably take a look, cost a little bit, it would cost even more than that. You might even have to throw a Vooch in there. Uh, so, and then if you're the Lakers, why would you want to do that? Because, you know, it probably you're going to get picks or young stars back, realistically. Like superstar for superstar swaps like hardly ever happen. It's like Rick. And if you're the Lakers, do you need picks? No. LeBron wants to win now. He wanted to trade their last first-round pick this year. And does he like young players? No. That's why he shipped them all off to the Pelicans initially. So they're going to be stuck with Anthony Davis. That team's in trouble. I, it's, it's looking bad. Now, I will say this for him. A lot of people are putting the indictment that they're going to miss the playoffs on LeBron and his legacy. The man's in year 19. He's about to lead the league in scoring you know for all the jordan lebron go to be like and what name the last player that led the league in scoring in the year 19. regardless if he doesn't play defense anymore regardless if the team stinks regardless if he can't take any playoffs you can't there is no one doing what he's doing and so i don't care that they're not going to make the playoffs. like it doesn't stink yes but he's in year 19. and he's scoring like he was in his 20s at a higher rate than ever there's a lot of th- like he's no longer the greatest player in the world like, I think that's evident, but the fact he's playing at the level he is and he's still in the top tier, I mean, come on. If you're really going to put the fact that they're missing the play, like, on is, is an indictment on his legacy? No. This year will be, I think, should go down as a plus for the— Now, did he make some bad moves? He deserves some blame for the front office decisions because he was the one that wanted to bring in Westbrook. Didn't work out. Like, I get all that, but, like, looking back at his resume as a whole, because look at what Jordan when he came with the Wizards. Is there anything there that you could be like, yes, this helps his debate? Not really. LeBron, looking back at it, is anyone going to remember the plus? No, they're going to remember a man, an age, a year 19 season, led the NBA in scoring. Probably won't see that again. So, uh, good for him. Um, speaking of MVP, though, I think, and last week I said the Bucks probably the best team. Like, that's the team I wouldn't want to play. They're showing it now. Just beat the 76ers the other night. Phenomenal game. I'll go a step further. Giannis, I think, is a clear-cut MVP. I think he showed that in that game. I think he's passed Joel Embiid. Donovar, I made the case midseason, should be the MVP. The way the Bulls have been performing of late, I think he's kind of faded out of the conversation. Tatum's arguably inserting himself in there. Jokic is hovering around there as well, but Giannis is the MVP. They went to -to head-to-head. He does it on both sides of the floor. And now this is a horrible... You can't go straight off of this, but like Giannis, you take valuable for each team, and you take Giannis off the box, like what are they? They're not, they're not great. I don't even think, maybe hover around an eight seed. Now you got the, now mind you, the 76ers, Jan, or Joel B was carrying that team for the most part beforehand, but I saw both these teams come through and play the Clippers this year, watch both of them in person. Uh, very close to uh, Joel B the other night, we were on the court. Took selfies way in the distance. I also saw Chuck the Condor. Man, is that the scariest mascot in the NBA or what? Um, but anyway, both these guys came to L.A., saw both of them play live. Both of them had pretty similar games, like stat lines. I mean, the blow it was a blowout for both of them. Like, both teams blew the Clippers out. Both of stars were sitting, like, midway through the fourth quarter. I don't even think Joel Embiid played in the fourth quarter. But you look at impact for each of them on each side, just in that game. And I think this is their games overall. Giannis is a much more efficient scorer. Better defender, better rim protector, and because of his size, they get the same about. They get pretty close to the same amount of rebounds, and they had a pretty similar stat line. But you know who jumped off the page? The Bucks, like Giannis, jumped off the page. Like I saw him on defense, he got a block off the glass. He was spraying people in transit, like he was making defensive plays on top of being an efficient scorer. Joel Embiid had a fine game too, but like it was just like eh, he kind of got upstaged by James Harden. It's very good. But, like, Giannis makes his present known, presence known on each side of the ball. He's been doing it all season. I think you saw it in the biggest game of the year. Who is the best player on the floor? Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's the best team in that conference. I wouldn't want to face him. I think it's going to be gentlemen, sweep gentlemen. Like, who, who, who do you see beating the—I I, I don't know. Sixers could make it interesting. I think that would be a tight series, but I, I still see the Bucks winning. Just since they know what it takes to get there, and you got James Harden who shrinks in the playoffs, so uh, I, I think you got to give the I think you got to get a lot of Milwaukee love here, which pains me as a Bulls fan, but Milwaukee's best team in the conference. And I think Giannis should win MVP. He's the best player in the world right now. Right, Durant's right there too. Durant's right there too, but Giannis, Giannis is the guy. Also, let's talk about those Nets for really quick. I, everyone wants to put them in the championship Like Marshall when he came on our podcast a couple of weeks ago Was asking him this And this was before they've been on the recent hot stretch Yes, you know, the Nets are a viable contenders. No, they are not No, they are not They had Three superstars to start the year Now, mind you, Kyrie was always playing on the road But, you know, he's a flake, that's kind of what you get And you have James Harden What were they? They, they weren't even in a playoff spot now you add a Ben Simmons, who, do we think he loves basketball? Probably not. What are they still? They are an 8th seed. They've had a bunch of games to correct this. We've seen them all year. They are an eight seed. People tell you who they are. Believe them. The, the Nets are telling you they're not the championship contenders here, and I don't even care when they add Ben Simmons back because we don't know what he's going to be when he gets back. It's going to take some while to build some chemistry. And, yes, he's a good defender, but have we seen them on a good four-game stretch this season? No. So, what makes you think they're going to string together like two great weeks of basketball? They're not. Kevin Durant's excellent. Probably, you know, are you 1 1A with Giannis in the world right now? But, like, is he really going to get. Him? No. Bucks are deeper, more reliable. Chris Middleton, I don't have to worry about, you know, thinking the world's flat or missing games and not refusing to get back. So Like, you know, he's always there. Dep- dependable teammate They just won a title. The Nets haven't. So, I, I, I don't see them as a series. They'll win a couple series, you know, but like maybe a series. And I don't think you'd really want to play them as an eight seed. But I still, like, do I buy the Nets? No. That's not a championship contender. You can take that to the bank, too. Don't waste your money. Prop wise, Not gonna happen. Um, let's see. What else we got this week in sports news? Uh, you know, Rel- relatively speaking, I mean the sports clock is always—you know—it's always going. But uh, usually, we got a ton to talk about. Not a lot this week, relatively speaking. Um, drafts coming up. Who we think they're going to take? Who knows? MLB season right around the corner. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, but yeah, you know. Actually, you know, I'll say this too. It's a shame hockey's not more popular in the United States. Because I went to a Blackhawks game last week, Blackhawks game, the Blackhawks aren't a very good team this year. Like, yeah, I know they stink. And they, they wanted a shootout. They pulled off an upset. Will Farrell was in the building. He was leaving all sad. It was fantastic. I mean, there's all these other Blackhawks fans, because Blackhawks fans travel well, making asses of ourselves in the upper level. It's great. They wanted a shootout. I forgot how exciting hockey is. By far. And that's not even my favorite sport. But watching hockey live compared to any other sport, there's no better sport to watch in person. Than hockey, And it's a shame it's not more popular because it's a great game, it's fast, the game moves well, you know, 20 minute periods. you know, physical, it's getting t- it gets a little chippy, there's some drama. It's like playing two sports, it's a fantastic sport to watch. Goalies, you got cool masks, visually appealing. I would also argue the hockey jersey, if you're a fan, is the best jersey to buy out of any of them. Because what are you getting with a football jersey? You're just getting two big numbers. Like the team logo is really small. Half the time you don't even see it. Like a Bears jersey, you just got the GHS. There's nothing that says Bears. There's no Bears logo on it. If you're getting off one. you're just paying for two big numbers. You know. And then a basketball jersey, you're basically getting half a jersey and a tank top. Yeah, those are okay too. But if I had to go my power rankings as far as jerseys as a fan to buy, hockey definitely number one. the hockey sweaters, they're great. They're great. Hockey number one. Baseball number two. Classics. Then you go uh, basketball three. You know, the basketballs are cool, but, like, you know, the tank top you can't wear all the time. You can't wear that the then you'd probably go football or soccer. The soccer got to be near the back because it's just a walking advertisement. <laughs> it's like, boy, there's a lot of fly emirates in this league. It's like, well, no, it's just the blurring. <laughs> the are rocking. So. But yeah, the NHL needs to do a better job of marketing. They just had the uh, Tim Hortons Heritage Classic the other day. Like, the day came, and like, I had no idea what was going on. I never seen anything for it. A I wish they have a lot to offer in the NHL. They got to do a better job of marketing because that's a great sport to watch live. Great sport. Usually have season tickets for the Chicago Wolves. HL team. That's minor league hockey. It was still fun to watch. That's why I don't talk about it, though, because they never market it. No one cares. Hardly anyone cares about the sport. It's sad because it's a beautiful game. Beautiful, beautiful game. UConn won again. Boy, UConn women's basketball. Pretty exciting game. That That was a fun game to watch. Anyone watch that? UConn NC State. Double overtime. Page Buckets or Beckers or whatever name is should be Page Buckets showed up in the clutch. Big time players make big time plays. You know what? I might be watching the final. I will be watching the final. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Well, now it's the Final Four, I guess. But UConn, Stanford, one, two, and then Louisville, South Carolina. It's all shock, baby. Blue Buds love to see it. You know, there's no peacocks ruining that bracket. I should have filled out a women's bracket. Just the way I like it. Shock. No surprises. Easy to bet. <laughs> uh, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, we'll wrap with this. We've got a new sponsor on the podcast here. That's right. You know, you wake up in the morning like me, you, you, you want to work out. You need a little energy. Pre-workout's expensive. Sometimes you don't like the taste of coffee. You don't want cream and sugar in there. You know, it's, it's, it's bad for you. Yeah, you can go with an energy drink like a Red Bull you know, they had rumored to have bull semen in them. Do you really want that? Is it true? No, it's not. But it was a rumor and people were thinking it. So, and I, I've tried Red Bull, too. Hey, I mean, shout out Mickey Kalmar. He's an ambassador for them. But, like, there's better drinks out there. Bang. I like bang. But, like, you, you drink one of those, it's so loaded with caffeine, you feel like you're on cocaine. Like, that's no good. You know, you should get, get shocked energy. No negative stigmas with them. They got a great new flavor now. Watermelon green apple. And you can get 10% off your order. You go to shockedenergy.com, use the code DISPUTE, D I S P U T, you get 10% off your first order. And guess what? They'll kick a little bit of that podcast. They'll be supporting us too. You get a quality energy drink. We'll help you wake up in the morning, get your day going, work out. You can place for coffee. They're delicious. Watermelon, green apple. Who doesn't love watermelon? It's delicious. Who doesn't like apples? Apple a day keeps the doctor away. Now you can put it in liquid form, mix it with a watermelon. Don't feel all cracked out like you're on bang. You know. Try it. Try it out. I recommend. Shocked Energy. ShockedEnergy.com. Use the code DISPUTE. That is all we have for you. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Go Tar Heels.